The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. Good evening, everybody. This is Robin Nelson with another edition of Wrestle Podcast. And my guest tonight is Frogun D Ray 3000. How's it going? Frogun in the house, Robin. What's going on, man? How you doing? Pretty good. Um, it was great uh, finally talking and meeting you uh, this past Thursday, which you are the brand new ICW Pro United States Champion. Oh yeah, that's right. ICW Pro in uh, Marion, Indiana. You know, yeah, went out there and uh, beat everybody up. And now I'm the new ICW Pro US champion. And I saw you rubbing elbows with the Tokyo Monster Kahagas as well. Yeah, me and Kahagas, we homies now, man. So anybody in ICW Pro, you know, they come mess with me uh, the Tokyo Monster Kahagas, they're going to have some problems. <laughs> I totally agree. You guys are, you guys are monsters. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, let's talk about the last tiger, Leroy Lee. Ah, the last Tiger Leroy Lee. Yeah, I uh, actually did, that is something that was supposed to happen actually this upcoming weekend in Memphis, Tennessee, and uh, for some you know whatever reasons that that um, wrestling show got canceled. So you know I had went out to a pizza shop, a local pizza shop. And I kind of did this on the fly, man. I walked in there, asked the girl, you know, because I, I get there, I go get pizza there, you know, on the regular. So they know my face and everything. So I just, you know, on the fly, go in there, say, can I cut, you know, promo for wrestling. I'm showing her all my stuff on it, on, on, on my phone and everything like that. And she didn't know what to say. And I think I was just going to say, hey, get the hell out of here before you call the police. But she was cool with it. So I ran in my car, got my stuff on, came back, and just cut it right there when, when, when one take, luckily. You know, because, I mean, it was early, too, so I didn't want to be in the way, you know, you know, him making money with customers and stuff like that. But that was something that was supposed to happen this um, um, uh, Sunday, November uh, 10th, but it ended up getting canceled. But uh, the promo came out really good. Oh, the promo was awesome. And plus, you do have the glow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I might have started using that one more often. Hey, that's that a kid. just came to me. Hey, that's a catchy phrase. You should. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, let's talk about some fun stuff. Um, tell me a little bit about your time over in Japan and your experiences over there. I went to Japan, I believe, in 2012, and that's something I always want to do, man. I really want to go back. I mean, I had a blast going over there, and um, I had, you know, new to G. I started up a company, everything, and I, I pretty much, you know try to pay attention to all the things that's going on in, in the wrestling world everywhere. And uh, I saw them start up, you know, the Pro Wrestling Smash over in Japan. And so I just, you know, went to their website and got the main number, went and got me a calling card and um, called them. And, uh, of course, the lady, some lady took over the phone didn't know any kind of English. So, uh, you know, she said, you know, a bunch of stuff in Japanese, um some 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 uh, pro wrestling smash, and I just said um, English. Anybody speak English? Oh 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 oh! Wait one minute. So next, you know, I'm on the phone with a guy who spoke perfect English, and um, he was telling me to run down and how they do things and shows and stuff like that. If I could email him some stuff and everything like that, and everything was cool. So I already had that ready to go. You know, I just needed you know a contact to send it to. So as soon as I got done talking to him, sent him my stuff. Um, talked to him the very next day and then had some dates and bam, you know, ended up going over there, you know, for a week and wrestled, uh, three shows for the jury, you know, and they, and everything went real good. They liked me and everything like that. I had a ball. Um, unfortunately, as soon as I got back over here, they had a big tsunami, you know, then, uh, the jury uh, closed up smash and started a, new, a smaller promotion, um, wrestling new classic. But yeah, Japan, Japan was awesome, man. Anybody that's, that's a wrestler, if you ain't been there, if you get the opportunity to go, go. Because that's just, I mean, it's it's just uncanny how, like like I told you before, when we met, it's uncanny how their, their media works, you know, because I was just wrestling at D-Ray 3000, and the people just, I don't know how the hell they figured out 
my real name, but they just figured the D just stood for, you know, Dorian. So Dorian, 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 Dorian. So from the first show, you heard a little bit of this. You know, by the time we was on the third show, those stock I you hear it everywhere. And when I first got there, I got the um, weekly wrestling magazine. And then when I left, I uh, picked up the, the newest issue, and it was still warm, and I was in the, in the magazine. So that, that was just crazy how fast the media over there works, man. It's, it's amazing. I bet it is. But how was the food? Oh, the food was great. I'm more open-minded with stuff like that with food. Um, now, you know how, like, here... You know, like, you, you, let's say you go to a diner, hey, let's go get breakfast or something. You expect, you know, the sausage, bacon, eggs, you know, um, hash brown pancakes, waffles, stuff like that, you know. Well, over there, no. I mean, they have, like, um, special restaurants that serve that type of food, but you have to go looking for it. Um, I just remember, like, when I come down, you know, to the hotel lobby, like, for breakfast, it'd be, like, some type of, you know, rice cake with like a fishy type smell to it. Well, no fish on it, but like a fish type smell to it with some seasoning. And, and, and yeah, so their, their whole breakfast is different or a certain type of sushi, whatever, with that. You know, which is cool. I like all that kind of stuff. But I mean, I, I mean, I took it all in. I enjoyed it. The one thing that was constant, you know, is like coffee. They love coffee. Coffee is everywhere. You know, they have coffee vending machines. It comes out hot, you know, in a can. You know, I mean, coffee and chocolate, is is everywhere, you know. So, but yeah, the food. I mean, and, and, and no matter where you were going, and when you're in Tokyo, there's food everywhere. You smell great food any and everywhere you go. I bet it was. I bet sometimes it was peer pressure. Since since you're an athlete. <laughs> well, yes and no. Well, you know, especially we're talking about food. Um, <laughs> it was funny because as we're on our way to Osaka, right? We did. Uh, we stopped at like. Um, from, from, I don't know exactly the, you know, the distance between Tokyo and Osaka, but we took a, uh, the tour bus from Tokyo to Osaka, but it felt like, to me, like if you were to drive from, um, I don't know, I live in, in Detroit. If you were drive to Detroit to Kentucky, you know, that's how it felt, you know, as far as time-wise, you know. But um, we, we stopped at this uh, rest stop place, and they had like a restaurant and everything in there. And a lot of the guys... Didn't the, the Japanese wrestlers? They didn't speak any English, but a few of them spoke Spanish and also speak Spanish. So I was one of the last ones to get off the bus, and I walked in. Everybody sitting down, and they had like this machine, this this you know this machine thing. And I'm asking like you know the the, the, the rest of that speak Spanish. I was like, um, how do I order food? Because this machine thing had little pictures of like meals like you can get like the fish dinner the, the shrimp dinner the, the this or that and whatever and I, I didn't really know how to operate this thing I'm looking for like a coin slot I didn't know what to do but he, he came up with uh, Kushida yeah Kushida he wrestles uh, with uh, NXT now but he was on that tour so he comes up and he shows me you know what's what and everything like this so I, I just picked whatever looked good you know shrimp something whatever and I finally get my food, and I'm sitting there, and I'm sitting across from Akira, you know, and I'm sitting there, and I it had, you know, cooked um, shrimp with some meat and rice and then a raw egg, just a raw egg. So I'm just, you know, looking everything over, and I just say to you know, okay, well, that's going to stay right there. Then uh, Akira, you know, he looks at me, he's like, oh, no. Japanese uh, egg, no poison. Takes pulls my plate towards him, cracks the raw egg on top of the rice, starts throwing it up, and says it's very good. And then David pushed it back to me, and I'm just thinking like, oh my god, this is gonna be so disgusting. <laughs> you know, I, I've never even eaten eaten a raw egg ever before. So I mean, I guess that's a, a thing over there. They do raw eggs and, and rice, and they stir it up. And it wasn't, it wasn't like disgusting, but it wasn't the best tasting thing. I took a couple bites and just let that be that and finished everything else. But that tripped me out. I, that was the, probably the only trippy thing with the food. But I mean, I wasn't like, you know, disgusted by it, but it, it, I didn't, I didn't know what the hell the egg was for. I didn't know if it was like a some type of Japanese tradition you did before you ate with the egg or after. I don't know. But uh, that's the only thing that took me back with that one, man. That's pretty good. And when you were wrestling over in Japan, how did the Japanese fans uh, take uh, your character? Because you do look like a samurai from the 70s. 
Well, yeah, that's how I'm doing now. But then I guess I could kind of say, um, well, I was younger too, and I had more hair. So um, <laughs> kind of like um, the character Craven from Spider-Man meets pro wrestler type look, and like a crazy looking kind of guy. And at first, you know what I mean. You know, the Japanese fans are quiet. Yeah, they'll clap and stuff when they see something they like. And especially, I mean, like, you know, like the, the big stars, they'll get screaming and yelling for them guys. But, you know, with somebody like myself being over there for the first time and I'm they're not used to seeing me, I was kind of worried about that. Like, how are they going to, you know, take to me and everything like that? But they got behind it. You know, like at first, like I said, they were, a little bit. But by the time third show rolled around, we're on stock up. I guess they were spilling it, man. You know, this dude moved called the full buster, uh, body scram the guy, hit the rope, stop, get my head butt. And like it rubbed my head, and they pop, you know they pop for that. They started clapping, oh, doing all that. So I'm like, okay, cool. I'm feeling, you know, they feeling it, they feeling it, you know. But um, yeah, by the time the tour was over, they they was loving, they was loving the G-Ray 2000, man. I would love to be to be able to go over, go back to Japan and show them the folk gun, though. That's that's the one I really wish I had been doing years ago, you know. That would be pretty wild. You'd get a huge pop over there if you went back to Japan too. Oh man, I, I hope so, man. I'm, I'm, I'm trying. I'm talking to everybody I know every day. See what's up, man. But I, that, that's something I'd love to be able to do. Be, be able to go back over there as the Fro Gun. I think they really did that. Yeah, um, I I love the Fro Gun uh, character you go by as well. It kind of reminds me of the character back from uh, the Last Dragon. Yeah, well, you know what, that's, that's what it's kind of, I spoofed it off of, because like I told you, you know, I was younger, I had more hair, yeah. and like that, and you know, after uh, um, after Japan, I, I said to myself, I said, okay, if the Japan thing don't work out, I'm going to come back, cut my hair, and do something different, you know, because I don't want to get stereotyped as, all you can do is be funny, and yeah. that's the other, so, you know, they dug me in Japan, everything went well, but unfortunately, you know, they closed up shop. You know, so what am I to do then? So I'm like, okay, here's my next move. So I dropped the hair, went bald, bald for a while. I wrestling as the Righteous Maker, Rick Baker, which it went, it was well, it went well. You know, I got you know a lot of bookings with it and everything like that. But after a while, I just noticed, you know, I looked, you know, I, I blended into the crowd. I could go online and find about 20 other guys that I look exactly like. You know, was it nothing really special? about the righteous maker Rick Baker and you know it kinda of make me it all clicked in like ah no wonder you know I got more attention is you know D Ray three thousand because it was unique, it was different. You know, nobody you know was looking like that or moving like that. You know? So um um I ended up growing the hair back and said, forget it, I'm gonna do D Ray again. And but like now I'm older, so the hair didn't grow back like I was hoping it would. So I'm like, dang, you know, I mean I gotta figure out something. I don't wanna just, you know, cut my hair again, you know, grew it back and everything, so I'm in the mirror just messing around, put my hair like, you know, ponytails, Japanese top knots, just, you know, what, what, something out of work, and I had, I had a Japanese top knot, I'm just standing there looking, maybe I could do something with this, and it's top, oh, shoulders and shown up, you know, the Shogun of Harlem from Last Dragon, yeah, yeah, and so I'm just sitting down, drawing up, you know, ideas, and thinking of names, and I'm thinking, I don't want to be the Shogun. I could, you know, I'm like, I'm all, you know, something to do, something that would connect that with D-Ray 3000, you know, with the hair and stuff like that. So instead of the Shogun, hell, I'll be the Fogun, you know? <laughs> and dude, it, it's probably, it, it, people have been digging it. You know, my phone's been ringing off the hook. You know, I'm just hoping soon, you know, the, the big companies, you know, be calling or something, you know? Oh, I could I could still picture it as well. And speaking of, you love the '80s as well. So when you were um, at you know ICW Pro uh, this past Saturday, I loved how you came out to a, a one of the soundtracks from uh, Beverly Hills Cop. That was priceless. Yeah, well, you know, I was when I was putting the whole so good getting it together I wanted you know because the movie The Last Dragon was from the 80s and it was like super 80s if anybody out there digs you know 80s fashion culture music whatever if you have not seen The Last Dragon it is just super 80s you know from beginning to end and so I wanted that's how I wanted the Frogun to be kind of from from like the things I say 
the, the, the look, the, you know, when I cut my promos, it, you know, in the video, it looks like an old VHS tape. So I had to have some type of, you know, bad guy style, 80s style music. So I'm like on the internet, you know, on YouTube. I listened to the soundtrack to The Last Dragon. I just wanted to film that on that. And I'm just looking, listening to anything that was 80-ish, bad guy sounding, like kind of like slow, methodical, you know, in music. And I just came across, you know, the Beverly Hills um, uh, cop soundtrack. And I listened to that, that, that uh, over and over. I'm like, that's it. That's that's the one. That's it. You know, so that's, yeah, that's, since I've been the folk gun, that's been, you know, the, the music I've been coming out to, man. That's pretty wild. And I picked it up quickly and I was like, you know, this is some cool shit, which I thought. You're the first, you know what, you're, Robin, you're the first one, the first person to actually, you know, knew what it was. I would have people come up to me like, man, what is that from? What is that from? Did you, you know, did somebody make that for you or what? And I would just like, you know, play, play, play with them for a while. Like, figure out, like, what do you think it's from? You know, they wouldn't have a clue. You know, and I would say Beverly Hills Cop. Like, oh, yeah, I know I heard that somewhere before. <laughs> you know, but Robin, you're the first person that actually knew exactly what that was from. Hey, I should know because um, I grew up in the 80s and I watched all those 80s films. And then when I heard that, uh-huh. I was- I, when I heard that, it's like, oh no, that's some Beverly Hills Cop. I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Hey, that's oh, yeah. that was very priceless as well. I loved it. Um, also, uh, um, another person we both know, you also worked with too. You had a kind of we were talking about Saturday. You kind of had a story as well. Was with uh, Sin Bodhi. Oh, yeah, I've known Sin for many, 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 many years. We've both been wrestling around the same time, you know, 19 years. Now, I've been wrestling 19 years. We've been wrestling at least that or 20 years. And it's funny, you know, I met him, like I started here in, in Mission Detroit, and I met him at um, a show here, you know, when he started, because I think he was, you know, in Windsor. You know, I know he's Canadian, but I think he was living in Windsor at the time. You know, and then I ended up wrestling him here. I wrestled him in Connecticut, wrestled him in Florida, wrestled him in Pennsylvania, all over the place, you know. And um, I know he lives on the West Coast now. Haven't seen Sin Bodhi in a long time, but an awesome guy, awesome guy. I remember one time I was um, wrestling up in Toronto, you know, because his, uh, his brother, you know, uh, runs uh, up in uh, Toronto and everything like that. And so, you know, I, I go to his house, you know, and I meet up with him to his house, and we'll go you know, from his apartment to, to the to the, uh, to the matches or whatever. And soon as he opens the door, hey, come on in, brothers, and all of that, I'm just like, damn. I, I started looking around like I wanted to buy something because it looked like a damn comic book store. It was cool. It was the awesomest thing ever, you know? I was thinking to start asking, how much is this? How much is that? How much is this? You know, have you ever been to the comic book shop? You know how, you know, that, yeah. like, you know the comic books, uh, you know, in, in, in the shelf and the action figures and posters and stuff. You know how the comic book shop looked. It looked just like that, which was like the dopest thing ever, like the guy who lived in the comic book shop. I don't know how he's got his hook up now, he's doing the tattoos and everything like that. That's one thing I always remembered. And, and then I told him that too, like, dude, it probably looks like a damn comic book shop. This is awesome. He's like, oh yeah, you know, I'm big in the comics. And he even gave me a comic that he had wrote, you know, which was really cool, man. But yeah, man, Tim Bodie's an awesome guy, man, awesome guy. Beyond just wrestling, you know, uh, awesome dude, and, you know, you can rap about him about just about any damn thing. Comic books, wrestling, old school 80s movies, all of that. Awesome dude. I know. that I know. He's a great uh, guy. I got to know him pretty well. And um, also, yeah. since, you know, you're big in the 80s and the whole Frogun uh, D-Ray 3000 is, um, you got the coolest costumes as well. Um, did you make those all yourself? Oh, no, no, no. I got a few of those made by different people because I was looking at how, you know, like, you know, like The Last Dragon, there's this Shogun of Harlem, how he looked. And even while I'm coming up with this whole Fogun thing, I'm thinking to myself, ah, nah. You know, I, I bet I can go online and find, like, at least maybe three or four guys have tried this because the movie came out in the 80s. Yep. You know, somebody had to try this gimmick within wrestling, right? And... I was just shocked that I didn't really, I didn't find any, nobody's done this. Nobody tried to be, you know, mm-hmm. 
the, the, the Shogun of Harlem and look like that, in, you know, with wrestling. So I was, I was just surprised. So I just, that made me, I had to do it. Now, now I had to do it. Not just wanted to, but I had to. Because it just shocked me how that came out so long ago and nobody's done this. Hey, that's pretty fun and I love it. And by the way, how many uh, hair picks do you own? Oh, man, I'm going through a million of them things, man. <laughs> I mean, if, if, if I had every pick that, that I that I ever had, any Afro pick that I ever had, man, I could probably uh, fill a damn uh, broom closet. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going through a million of them things. Lost them, you know. I've had ones that I've had for long times I really liked and ended up losing those. I've been through a million of those. I couldn't even tell you, man. But I, I know I can fill a broom closet with them. Because I remember back in the day when I was a teenager, you know, I used to come out there and pick my hair. And I throw it to the fans, you know. And that's not something that the company would make, you know. Anytime I would, you know, be out, <laughs> I'll go spend a couple bucks. So, and I would sell them, too. You know, and buy them, you know, somewhere there's the gimmicks and everything like that. And um, I don't know, man, a lot, uh, a whole lot. I could probably make a... Uh, a mega sized gingerbread house for one of them things with, with, with a million of them things. I know. I think it's. I. I was just curious. You know. I was like. You know. I'm going to ask him that. I mean. Yeah. You, you got to take care of that uh, wild uh, hairdo of yours. <laughs> and you know, when I cut it, I was like, "Oh man, I will never do that again." I was so <laughs> relieved that I could wake up and I didn't have to, you know, pick it out and put it up in a ponytail. I'm like, "Oh man, I'm so glad them days over. I'm never growing my hair back." <laughs> I know, you know, back with it, you know. Hey, that's pretty wild. Um, also, um, you tag. Yeah, I mean, uh, Sharp Boy was a tag team in TNA for a good little minute, you know, back in '04. And um, you know, when I first got there, I, I never, I never met him before. I didn't know him. I knew of him and everything like that. And um, the first time I met him, I had to wrestle him that night in a, I don't know, I think it was like a, some kind of fairway match or something mm-hmm. like that. This is when TNA was still in Nashville doing them um, weekly pay per views. And um, next thing I know, we're we're attacking. So I mean, it worked. It was cool. You know, it was fun. You know, for a while, for a little bit, it lasted. But uh, yeah, man, Shark Boy is one um, another guy who's a, who's a character in and out of the ring. You know? Oh yeah, I've seen him wrestle around Ohio a few times as well. Um, also, oh, yeah. also, um, you also did you work with uh, the five most wanted uh, Cody Hawk and Sean Casey? Did you ever get in the ring with those guys? Oh, many times. I wrestled with uh, Sean Casey and Cody Hawk a whole bunch of times. We all wrestled for the same promotion up in Toledo, Ohio, called Power Bomb Wrestling. And I've yeah, I've had to mingle with them dudes. You know, feud um, with them dudes. You know, a bunch of times. You know, over the over, you know, the typical wrestling issues, if if, if you will, you know, through the last, I don't know, two three years. But I, I've known Cody Hawk and Sean Case for a long time. But for the last two or three years, we've been working a lot together in a uh, power bomb wrestling. You know, I bet it was. I've, 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 I've had my run-ins with the five most money throwing it up and throwing it down. <laughs> I hope yeah. you got. I hope you got some revenge on the five most wanted as well. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, they, they, yeah. I'm, I'm sure I'm not done with them yet. You oh. know. <laughs> like I said, they're everywhere. They like multiply for some reason. Oh yeah, they got new members every time I see them. <laughs> I know. Or if you go to a different. Yeah, if you go to a different city, there's always a five most wanted member lurking around. Always four or five of them at a time. But um, um, also, I can tell you um, did. Um, I know a little bit of your character was inspired by the Macho Man Randy Savage as well. Were you a big Randy Macho Man Savage fan, and was he the one that really got you to train to become a pro wrestler? Well, you know, it's funny you say that because a lot of people say they could see a little Macho Man in the gun, and I'm not really trying to. You know, do that. It just comes off that way because, yeah, man, I was a huge Savage fan. But when I was a kid, when he was the Macho King, I hated his guts. Ooh, I hated him so much. You know, but I mean, he did his job. Eh? That's what you know was supposed to make me hate him. But yeah, man, I, I was a huge Macho Man, uh, Randy Savage fan. When people ask me, like, you know, wrestlers, 
that you know you look up to or like always liked and watched or most want to be like Macho Man, of course, in in, in that um, in that bunch, you know. But I, I never when I thought of the Fogun, I never. You know, like when I would say the Fogun, that's just something that just kind of caught on. I, that was, when I first really thought of the whole gimmick, that wasn't even part of it. That, it just came out off that way. Okay. You know? So, I mean, I mean, I, I look at it as a compliment anytime anybody says that. And yeah, I mean, yeah, Savage, of course, man, not just me, but um, a lot of guys, you know, um, took so much away from, you know, um, Randy Savage's work, man. It was just, one of the greats, you know, I mean, the guy transcended above wrestling, and, you know, you know, and it's only a handful of guys that you can say have done that, so, yeah, he's, he's been influential, you know, as far as my career, and, you know, a lot with promos and things like that, and just not, like, um, trying to mimic him or, or move like him, but just how, one thing that really, that I liked a lot about him was just how... He, how different he was when he went to, when he did promos compared to everybody else. You know how like on the you know how unorthodox and outside the box he was compared to how you know uh, uh, everybody else would cut promos. And that's one thing I really liked about him was the uniqueness of him and everything like that. Because Savage really wasn't a big guy, but he did, his, his 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 gimmick, his persona, it was so huge. You know, he, you know, they put him up there with all the big guys. You know, that's what made him larger than life. I think so too. Um, also, when the Frugun uh, D Ray three yeah. D Ray three thousand is in the ring, what do you enjoy to do for fun? Oh man, for fun, I'm big into video games. Like I was talking about comic books and all that stuff. You know, and stuff right now. And I'm sitting in front of my computer, man. I got like two. Thundercat figures, you know, Lionel and Mamra, you know, uh, right next to the computer, you know. But, uh, yeah, I'm a big gamer, man. I love my Nintendo Switch. That thing is the greatest the greatest system Nintendo's made since 64, you know. That, that's just my opinion, you know. I argue with you all day on that one. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm big into the Switch. You know, um, right now on the Switch, I'm playing the, the, the Witcher 3, man, and that is an awesome game. I, I, I got PlayStation 4. But I never had it for PlayStation 4, you know. And the thing I love about the Switch is you can play it at home. You can take it on the road. And I do take it on the road with me sometimes, man. So, yeah, I'm a big gamer, you know, big into um, superhero stuff, comic books and all of that. I had a really bad comic book addiction before I had kids. I'm spending between 60 to $90 a week on comic books, man. You know, so that, that lets you know how deep I was into the game I was when it came to comics. Speaking of comics, since you were buying a lot of those, I mean, I still buy a lot of them today, and I like how we are, you know, both geeks, you know, and, you know, the comics mm-hmm. and all that great stuff, and, of course, you know, pro wrestling as well. I'm going to ask you this question. DC or Marvel? Ah! Ooh. You know, it's... That's a tough one for me. I really can't choose because it's so much good stuff in the DC universe, there's so much good stuff in the Marvel universe. You know, I, I really cannot choose. You know, I mean, <laughs> I'll be the guy just standing there forever. You know, hours and hours. You know, weighing in the pros and cons and stuff. Where everybody just get just like, just pick one, man, just pick one. <laughs> but um, I will have to say that I like you know when it comes to villains and things like that. I like the villains in DC more than Marvel. Oh, I totally agree with you as well. They're just more powerful, and uh, I think they could whip most of the, the villains over in uh, Marvel as well. Yeah. But there's one badass villain I do like in Marvel, but I'm a huge DC Comics guy. But the only one main villain I like over in um, Marvel is one guy I would never mess with if he was uh, a, a real person, and that would be uh, Victor Von Doom, Doctor Doom. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, man. He is so underrated, man. It is crazy how underrated uh, uh, Dr. Doom is. He is like the best, out of all the villains in the Marvel Universe, he's the best one. I mean, he's smart, he's with all of that stuff. I mean, I remember I read this once. I read it once, I didn't even buy it, but I read it once. This made me say, like, this guy is the real deal. 
But, I mean, he's so underrated because when people think of um, Dr. Doom, they automatically think of Fantastic Four. You know, and he's a, he's a Fantastic Four villain. And, and nobody just looks at him as just like an all-around villain. You know, and, and the movies really didn't do him any justice neither. Because look, look at Thanos. If you went back, I don't know, five years ago and just went to the average, you know, Marvel movie fan, I'll put it that way, and said... Hey, what do you know? What do you think of Thanos? They probably wouldn't even know what to say, you know. Or, or seven years ago, ten years ago, who's Thanos? What's that? You know. Yeah. That, that's the thing, and he's not one that was really done right in the mainstream. Because in the Fantastic Four movies, they just uh, they 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 made a mess of, the, of um, Doctor Doom, man. But the one comic I was telling you about that that that, that made me say, okay, this guy's the real deal. And you might be able to, to um, uh, elaborate with me if you can. You might know better than me. It was the one where um, somehow he got um, transported. I think he was working on something. He got transported to hell, you know, and he had no way of getting out. And and he figured it out, you know, when he got back to Earth, back in his castle and everything like that, from hell, just out of what he could find in hell to get back. And I'm like, man, this guy is the super genius. You remember you ever reading that one? Yeah, I do. Um, he's done a lot of stuff like that as well, you know. And I also read the Doom twenty ninety nine as well. I mean, he was pretty evil in twenty ninety nine. Yeah, yeah, he's a bad dude, man. And he does not get enough credit. He does not get enough credit. Doctor Doom is my man. When it comes to villains on the Marvel side, he's he's my man, you know. But um, I always gravitate towards. The uh, anti-superheroes, because I can relate more with them, like a Wolverine, uh, a, a Batman, a, um, a Cable, you know, those guys I gravitate more to. The Punisher, you know, Green Lantern, Hal Jordan, you know, when, they, when, they, when the Green Lantern movie came out, I, I was so angry, so angry. <laughs> I was too. That is not Hal Jordan, Hal Jordan is not a goofball. <laughs> no, he wasn't. I totally agree with you. I, I was disappointed um, in that film as well. So, um, would you th- um, would you think that Frogun uh, D Ray three thousand, um, if he was in the uh, DC universe or the Marvel universe, um, do you think he would be an anti hero as well? Uh, it ha- have to be. Have to be <laughs> because that's, that's just like just my personality in general. I'm the type of, I'm the type just like that. Forget what's supposed to be right, you know, on the books or wrong. I'm, I'm going to do what I believe is right. But I'm, I'm going to stand up for what I believe is the right thing to do. You know, same thing. I, I would get in arguments sometimes when people say, okay, Batman or Superman. You know, I'm Batman all day. You know, Superman's cool, but he's just too sugary sweet for me. You know, he'll get the bad guy. Okay, bad guy, you're going to jail now. And that'd be that. Batman will beat you, in, uh, you know, beat you uh, into your life away, you know, make you a, a bloody pup before he even think about turning you in. They get whatever he needs out of you. Oh, I totally agree. That is so great. I love talking wrestling and geek talking with you because yeah. most of the pro wrestlers I've talked to were like, are, are huge comic book fans or they're also huge into horror films as well. Yeah. The horror, I like it. It's okay. I'm not huge in the horror. You know, like I'll tell you something funny. Like to this day, the thriller video, I know people think that's like silly, but the thriller video, I, I, I can't watch it. I just can't because... <laughs> Um, when I was a kid, you know, I, I, I you know, play around my older cousins and everything like that. And they, um, you know, I was, I'm thinking, you know, I want to be a big kid too. I want to do what they do. But really, they always get annoyed and they say, if you keep acting up, we're going to put you in that room with the thriller posters and the, and the howling posters, you know. <laughs> so that, that would get me to calm down. But every once in a while, they'd pick me up, snatch me up, and throw me in the, um, in this one room in, in my aunt's basement. And I wasn't tall enough to, to turn the light on. You know how, like, some basements, they have those little yeah. windows, mm-hmm. you know? So the light's coming through the window. It's dark. And all, and then anytime I look up, I'm just looking at these crazy eyes from the thriller video looking at me. Oh, so, wow. so to this day, that day, yeah, that's one thing. I mm, Thriller, no, I don't want to see it. Thriller or it? I no, I don't want no part of that. No, thank you. All right. I can, yeah, I can watch... Um, Jason, Freddy Krueger, uh, The Exorcist, all day long with no problem. 
Hey, that's pretty. You know, <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah, but it's really it is, no thanks. I pass. Um, um, uh, for the Frogun uh, D Ray 3000 uh, character, have you ever thought? I know you've done like old VHS style video promos as well. Um, have you ever thought about maybe doing like a music video? You should. You know, I would so pay. Kind of like the Justin Ventura music video, The Body Rules. <laughs> I love it. And the Body, The Body Rules tonight. Remember that one? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that. I can, I'm gonna throw a come up with some um, some really catchy lyrics and make me a slogan in the music video. That, yeah, that's some. Yeah, and, and you got to direct it, man. I'll, I'll definitely will. You let, <laughs> hey, you let me know when. Directed. Yeah, you let me know when. I'll be there. I would love to help you with that. That would be so wild. <laughs> yeah. You just put an idea in my head, man. So you got to be part of that whenever that happens. Oh, definitely I will. And you better make sure of that, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. You got it. That I mean, that, that would be... That would be so freaking awesome as well. Um, there was a young wrestler you wrestled with as well. Um, I think he has a little bit of potential, and that's uh, Chris Owens. Chris Owens, Chris Owens, Chris Owens. Um, he was. Oh man! Yes, yes, Chris Owens. Yes, yes, Chris Owens. Yeah, I did wrestle Chris Owens a while back. Uh, yeah, the guy, he's a good guy. And, you know, one thing he told me that I, you know, totally forgot about. Because, you know, in the wrestling business, you meet so many people. Yeah. You know, and, you know, I'm terrible with names unless, you know, I'm, you know, talking to this person for a long time. And then yeah. I'm going to get the name and everything like that. But I remember faces. And I had to wrestle him um, a few months back. And I remember he, he told me that, yeah, man, when you did a seminar in Indiana some years ago, I was in that uh, class. And I'm like, wow. I mean, I didn't know how to take that. Like, damn, man, you make me feel old. You know, <laughs> uh, you know that was cool. But I mean, I, I, if he hadn't told me that, I would not even, you know, remember it at all. Same thing. Like this guy I've wrestled that that will come up to me years later and will tell me that, yeah, man. I mean, you had a match so and so years ago. If they wouldn't have told me that, I would not have any, you know remembrance of that at all you know but I mean because you meet so many people you know and wrestle three or four times a weekend you know and in sometimes places you never go again for years so you know it's hard to keep up with it with everybody but yeah Chris was a cool dude man and you know he's working hard he'll be on his way oh I think so too I've seen some of his stuff he's got potential um in your career of all the years, the 18 years you said you've been in the wrestling business, um, have you ever had any, like, regrets? Wrestling-wise? No, no. If I had to do everything over again exactly, hmm. I don't know, man. I, I would have to say, uh, as far as the whole TNA run, I probably would have paid more attention to... Uh, what was going on concerning me because I mean when I was in TNA man I was super young I only had four years in the business I was just so happy to be there I really didn't think about anything but yeah okay I'm gonna go out there this week and you know do my best other than thinking about like um, you know thinking of me as far as how can I stay here as long as possible mm -hmm. you know or, or get everything I can out of here you know to to, to make um 
D-Ray 3000 more valuable. You know, I wasn't even thinking like that. I was just so happy to be there. That, I wouldn't say regret, you know, because, I mean, uh, I had a blast, but I would put more thought into that other than just being happy to be there, you know, because when, you, when you're young and you're new in the business and, and then you get somewhere pretty quickly, it, it, it can be overwhelming, you know, and, and, you know, a lot of things like that you don't, you don't even think twice about, you know, just happy to be there and enjoying the ride, you know. Oh, I told- um, no, man, I, I would pretty much, pretty much do everything the same. Hey, I totally agree with you. Um, how'd you come up with, uh, I, I forgot to ask you this too. Um, how'd you come up with a uh, D-Ray 3000? Well, you know what? That was just one big happy accident. You know, that, that, <laughs> it, I didn't come up with it. It just, just, it happened on its own in a way because, you know, when I started wrestling, I just knew I just wanted to be different, but I didn't know how to go about it. I just didn't want to look like everybody else. So I stopped going to the barbershop left because it cost me money any damn way. Yeah. But I just wanted to be different. So I grew my hair out, didn't know what I was going to do with it. You know, I, I dyed it bleach blonde once, you know, and it broke off so bad I only had one match, you know, like a, yeah, my third match ever had bleach blonde hair. You know, I just wanted to be, you know, as different as possible. And so, what is it, about three and a half, four years in, I get a tryout with TNA, and I, I didn't think nothing of it other than I could at least say, hey, I had a tryout with TNA, you know. And uh, Jeff, 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 Dutch Mattel, they just liked me because I, I don't know, I just, they thought I was funny. I didn't do comedy. I didn't, you know, try to go out there and be funny. They just looked at me and thought, oh, this guy's hilarious. And I, okay, sure, I'll take it. But, um, it was one big happy accident because I was wrestling as Don Prices. And my third time there, Jimmy Boyax pulled me to the side. You know, and it's the same day as the, 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 the pay-per-view, the weekly pay-per-view. Hey, think of a name, something 3,000-ish, you know, like Andre 3,000, but something 3,000. Come back an hour. And I did not know where to start. I thought that was the worst idea ever, actually said to him what's wrong with Don Crisis he just gave me this weird look you know so I was just floored because th- th- that didn't even sound like a name that makes any kind of damn sense something 3000 you know come on what am I a robot <laughs> you know so I'm uh, I don't know I was just just I didn't I was lost for words I just said um okay so I'm just you know walking around the locker room like a like a lost puppy I didn't know what to do and I bumped into Christopher Daniels, and he, he, he clearly saw something was bothering me. He said, what's wrong, kid? And I just told him they told me to come up with um, something 3,000. I don't know. He just shot off D-Ray. Okay, cool. That's good enough. And I went straight to him and told him D-Ray. And they, that's how that, the name came about. And I would be in the back picking my hair to make it as big as possible before I would go out. But I would never take the pick out there. And I'm sitting there, you know, right before my match, right at the curtain picking my hair and Dutch Mantel looks at me and says what the hell are you doing take that out take that shit out there with you what the hell are you doing I said um okay uh, alright so I went out there started picking my hair I had really no idea what the hell I was doing and you know and they were you know just be funny you know be funny and stuff like that so I said what Funny to me, well, I used to love watching Sanford and Son, the guy that played, the actor that played Hester's husband, the wino. <laughs> um, um, I just tried my best actor like him, and that's pretty much how the whole D Ray 3000 thing came, came around. Hey, that's um, that's pretty cool. The accident, yeah. <laughs> so, and then, then they eventually gave me a, uh, a contract. I didn't have a, I was actually wrestling for them for two and a half months without a contract, you know. And, um, and eventually they gave me a contract. And so I was you know, off and running from there. And that's another story. So we're sitting there about to go do a promo, me, Shark Boy, and uh, Vince Russo about to go to Universal Studios just, just when they start to impact in uh, Orlando. Yeah. And um, we're talking about, you know, things we could do. And Johnny Fairplay comes walking up. And he's like, oh, man, D-Ray, oh, man, I was looking at reading this. The, the Wrestling Observer or one of the dirt sheets. And they were talking about that the WWE's looking at you and Monty Brown and da 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 and going on and on and on. And I'm just looking, I'm like, wow, okay, that's cool, wow. 
You know, and Russo looked at him and he said, where'd you read it? And he told him, and then he walked, Russo walked away, and it was, you know, it's like outside of the studio, but it's like, uh, has like a, a thing over where you're, I don't know what they call it, I want to say a canopy, but it's the thing where you're outside, but, you know, you still have a roof over your head. Awning. You know, deal? Yeah, yeah, awning type gimmick. And, um. So he walks down a few tables, and now he's talking to both Jay and Jeff Jarrett. And I'm just like, wow, are you looking at me? I don't, I, you know, I, it was, like I told you, it was just overwhelming. It all happening so fast. And um, next thing you know, here come a guy to office with a cut and dry generic contract. You know, so I mean, I, and he's going over it with me, and it just turned into like, you know, the peanuts to, to teach him, wah, 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 because <laughs> the only thing I'm thinking in my mind is, Either I could sign this or go off for this rumor. I could sign this or go off for this rumor. I could sign this or go off for this rumor. And I just said, you know what, forget it. This is real in front of me. I'm going to sign it. Blah, blah. Put my, you know, my signature down. Now, like I said, I wish I had paid more attention to a lot of the details because it was cut dry and generic. It's not like we sat down, we mm-hmm. hashed out a deal with dates and money or anything like that it was just cut and dry just you know i guess to keep me there you know because they didn't know if it was rumor or not but you know um they come to find out you know because i went when i got home i went looking for this you know looking for what he, where johnny Fairplay was talking about and come to find out it was a fan giving his opinion on anybody at, in tna at that time that they could see wrestling for the wwe that's what that was. And I just started laughing, you know. But either way, it worked out for me. I ended up getting a deal, so, you know, a little bit of time. Hey, that... But, that but yeah, that, that's all. Every, that whole, from, from the, the, the name to the the character to the, the mannerisms to even getting the contract was just one happy accident, all of it. Hey, that's good for you. Hey, uh, Fro- it worked out for a minute. Yeah, that's right. Hey, Frogun, can you do a promo on me? Can I do a promo on you? Well, you know what, Jim? Yeah, the phone gun. He could have put on just about anything and anybody. And now that I'm talking to Ryan on the podcast, Robin on the podcast, you know, we can talk all day long about the comic books, about the horror movies, about all the superheroes, all the video games, all the villains we want to. But now that the phone gun is on the Robin Nelson podcast, one of the top podcast guys out there, it just got just a little bit better. So that's how it's going to go down. Anytime you got the full gun and Robin Nelson together. Oh, I love it, man. <laughs> so where can everybody find you on social media? Oh, man, if anybody wants to find anything and everything about the full gun, they can always check me out on Facebook because I'm on there more than any damn thing. Um, Facebook.com um, slash DRay3K. You know, or they can look up, you know, the Fogun DRay3000 and hit that like, you know, if you're on the Facebook also. Uh, I did a dab on the Twitter and Instagram on the uh, Twitter. I'm uh, Defunk3000. No, no, I'll take that back. I'm sorry. I'm getting mixed up. On the Twitter, I'm uh, RighteousMaker1. You know, that's the Twitter. And on the Instagram, I'm uh, defunct 3000. That just goes to show how much I'm on there. But anyways, I'm always on the, the Facebook. That's my main um, deal right there. But yeah, you can check me out on Facebook at dot com slash dray 3 k or the full gun, you know, uh, dray 3000. Or like I said, on Twitter at uh, RighteousMaker1 or on Instagram at defunct 3000. That's where everybody can check me out at, man. That's pretty awesome. So, where do you see the Fro Gun in 2020? Man, I hope the, the world, Chico, the world, and everything in it. That's what I hope, man. I want everything. I want it all. I want all the attention I can get. You know, all the fans. I'm glad you asked me that because I'll get messages from fans all the time saying, "Oh, I could see you in AEW. Oh, I could see you in NXT. Oh, I could see you in a new NWA." Well, you know what? If you want me there, hit them up. Tell them you want the throw gun. Tell them they need the throw gun. You know, and that's what I'm hoping for, man. I'm trying to get where I can, you know, back in Japan, in one of the big companies here, wherever. You know, the whole world needs some throw gun. I want throw gun on everything, 
from the the the, 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 um, the billboards to, uh, up on the on the buildings to the to the bus on on the cereal box, all of that, everything. Hey, I could. I hope that all happens for you, brother, or maybe even on Ring of Honor. Yeah, Ring of Honor, wherever, wherever the program lands, <laughs> where we're, we're getting you know national, worldwide attention. That's where I want to be. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, anyways, thank you for coming out of your busy schedule to come on to uh, Russell Podcast. Well, thank you, man. I had a blast talking to you, man. You're definitely, you know, just shooting the shit with one of your homies, man. Oh, that, <laughs> hey, that's why I like how I do my podcast. I like to be different from everybody. I like to have it, you know, where we talk about business and talk about fun stuff as well, besides pro wrestling. Like two guys just sitting, chilling, and drinking some beer. Yeah, man. That's the best way to do it. Yep. And um, I hope I get to see you again over at ICW Pro so we can do another promo. Oh, you will. You know, I, you know I'm the. I'm the ICW Pro US champ, so you know I gotta have a title defense one of these days coming up. So oh yeah, I'll definitely be back there. Oh, and we're gonna definitely do a wild promo too. <laughs> oh yeah, and maybe even shoot that music video. Oh, that would be great. And everybody be like <laughs> everybody like, what are they doing? <laughs> <laughs> Then this time, instead of playing the uh, Beverly Hills soundtrack, you can go to the next one, uh, to Beverly Hills Cop 2 soundtrack, or maybe Miami Vice. Yeah. (laughs) That'd be great, man. That'd be great. All right. Thank you so much. And everybody else, uh, you can follow WrestlePopCast at Facebook at WrestlePopCast1, Twitter at WrestlePopCast, and you can follow me at Spreaker, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcast, um, Podcast City Network at podcastcity.net, and Hitting the Marks Podcast Network. Everybody have a great evening. <laughs>